Welcome to the Soma Soulworks Podcast. We hope here to equip, empower, and inspire a global community of creatives through rich, Christ-focused conversation. Thanks for joining us today. Welcome to another episode of the Soma Soulworks podcast. Uh, we have today Chris. Chris. And Neil. Hello. And Gavin. It's me, Gavin. And I'm Sammy. Uh, so today, uh, one of the things that Chris proposed we talk about is the importance of sharing cat jo- work or what? Cat food. Cat food. Yes. Sharing our kibitz, which I'm pretty sure is just cat food, um, sure. with our fellow uh, game designers, Christian designers specifically, I think, of basically our, our little community there. I'm not sure how the cat food is helping them. It's pretty clear that you're it's ready nourishing. for this episode. Yeah, I am ready totally now. Totally, 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 totally. <laughs> no, actually, um, yeah, I just can't remember the exact thing. But I do have thoughts on like there is it is important to share share the load when we can. Share the blessings and the boons. So uh, just for, to set a context, how this idea kind of came to being on the show is last year, so 2021 in uh, Imladris. Um, long story short, is like there was this acute awareness that for all of the talk about being kings and queens, it all didn't mean anything if we were all hustling for the next job all the time. And so the universal experience for everyone at the thing was basically constantly pressuring to move from gig to gig to gig to gig with little chance of stability. And if you had like a two year gig that felt like heaven and there was just the like, come on, like if we, we can't, we can't really do this if we're always worried about where our next meal is coming from. Um, and, and now part of that is by choice, right? We are all decided, I, I suppose we decided to be indie game developers as opposed to selling out to the man. Um, <laughs> but whatever, like, so that's the, that's the thing. So one of the ideas that came out of that was like, how could we basically share the work that we have because all of us wind up being you sort of get a work for hire gig here and there and it kind of fills in the gaps and that's what you hope for you know investment here investment there so there's always ways that we we are able to stay alive which is why we're at Imladris but it could be better um, a kibitz it, it, like it's broadly as an idea you might hear about it as a co-op or a work share like there's different terms for it but it's the notion of a community that decides to deliberately Look for ways where when income comes into the community, you preferentially use it within the community so that the community as a whole is better off. So everything, every time you hear someone say buy local, it's the same idea, right? Let's let's keep the money in our community. Uh, as opposed to, for example, if I can buy whatever, if I can buy cat food, right, mm-hmm. uh, at, at a local store or I can buy it on Amazon, by buying it local, that money stays close to me. And so that's saying the person who owns that store, um, the people who work there, like they, that helps them keep their job, et cetera. Now in game development, the notion is how can we do that as a community uh, if in Madras? So that's the setup. Well, I know there's, you know, a couple of different ways, like just to your your last example of like buying local, the idea that we can all purchase each other's games is like mm. one really clear way to to support each other because usually it's you know it's maybe a small amount of money and I've gone through this in the past with like some of my friends who are uh, trying twitch streaming and whatever it's like I could hand them five dollars directly and they're technically are getting a bigger cut you know because they get to keep the whole five dollars instead of like twitch taking their bit but 
what you can do is you're boosting the algorithms. You've got like now it shows as, you know, me buying their $10 game on Steam now shows as a sale. I can leave a review, can do that. Like these are just little tangible things that if an entire company <laughs> can band together and do that for another company, like, you know, at least for us, that's 10 reviews, which is that makes 10 a big more difference. reviews than, yeah. <laughs> than, than, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I also want to point out, I will tell you a story. So several years ago, this is probably 10, 15 years ago, I don't remember. There was a movie that came out called One Night with the King. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, Tommy Tinney uh, made this film. And it was about the Esther story. And, and I remember people were excited about it in the Christian community because it was sort of like a Christian film, biblical story. Christian audience was the whole idea. People were excited about it. And he was making the tours around churches, kind of talking about it. But when I saw him give his presentation, there was a there was a piece that really has always stuck with me. Is he's asking, okay, who out there, who everybody out there wants to see more Christian media? And everyone's cheering and lifting up their hands. He's like, who of you have bought this movie? And it's like silence. And you have this this like awareness of like the profound double speak mm-hmm. that comes in the church of saying we want these things, we want these things, but then the Christian market does not show up. Mm. And and then you're like, it is our own fault. It is our own fault that we don't actually practice what we preach. We don't vote with our dollars. And you could make the argument, well, it's – and I liked one, with that, one Night with the King, to be clear. But you could always say, yeah, but Christian media is typically subpar, which may or may not be true. However, more to the point, like you're lying. And one of the reasons Christian mm-hmm. media tends to be poor is because it's underfunded. Um, Hollywood – will make the movies that make money. It's that simple. Like they're they're not the devil, they're a business. And and so like there's this thing here. So so in this regard there is this like will we actually vote with our actual dollars what we say we want? It's interesting to your point cuz I I totally believe that and I've seen seen that especially in the gaming space and even the movie space. But what's interesting is I know a few years back I attended a writing conference here in the Willamette Valley, um, and they were talking about how Christian novels, anyway, specifically they were they were like um, talking about Christian romance books <laughs> being like one of the most lucrative things you could write for because there was just this huge market of people that only want within, you know. Like, because it's Christian, they will buy it because they're hungry for this content and don't want the alternative. So it's interesting, I don't know, just to me to know that that's what they were telling me were the facts versus what we're seeing, like, under that illustration. Well, I do think probably part of it's in media because insofar as, like, it costs a lot of money to make a movie. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't cost a lot of money to write a book. You know, that's true. So maybe it is just specific to that one genre. But well, I think it's not special, medium. Yeah. yeah maybe maybe it's also the demand is different. The demand is at a place where it can support that. So the demand for Christian movies is higher because you know expectations, quality, whatever the elements that make you want to purchase that go up. Mm-hmm. And then of course it's the it's the uh, put the money where your mouth is kind of thing. You still gotta mm-hmm. still gotta put money where you feel that it needs to go. And if we're trying to support and, and give kibbits, then that's part of it mm-hmm. for sure. It's like going that direction. But, uh, yeah, there's some interesting new ways to do some of the funding, though. So 
I'm wondering if that'll help. Uh, I was just thinking of The Chosen is a slightly new way to do uh, funded media, and it is a good product and obviously in high demand. So there's a few out there that are breaking the mold, which is great. Yeah. But just to stay on target, though, like this particular topic was less about whether how we buy Christian media, so much mm-hmm. as how as a group we can share work, mm-hmm. um, basically mm-hmm. income. And uh, I will say what was cool is so uh, so that first Imladris was now like a year and a little away. And pretty instantly, people in that community were like, this is a doable thing. This is a real tangible step that we can make. We, all we got to do is think about it. And so when, a, when an opportunity comes up, we've been able to preferentially say, you know, let's let's hire these people, you know, and, and not to say that you, you want people who can't do the job. But if I can, if other, if these other two groups are equal, but the, one of them is in our community, one isn't, like I will pick the one who's in our community. Um, and that started to go around. I think that's actually been really interesting in this in this one year, we've seen several projects from several people who it could have gone a lot of ways, but they chose to keep it in the community, and that's kept our people employed. I know one of the things that came up, too, was that there are specific jobs in this industry that don't – they aren't full-time gigs. Mm. Um, in particular, mm. we think about, like, sound designers. You know, they're needed for a, a small portion of – of production. Um, and if there's a way that if they're in our community that we can kind of keep them bumping in in sort of a, a, a cycle between the different studios when they're needing that work, um, that's just one of the one of the few ways that we can help by making sure they're always set up with the next thing um, before we basically like, bye, we'll, we'll see you on the next project. Yeah. I think that probably is is one of the biggest um, selling points. I think for me is is that idea of like just sharing resources of like you know I, I can't tell you how many times you know we've talked about like man I'd, we'd really like to hire this person but we don't have enough work for them to be full time. But if you can have a larger community that you're like well I don't have enough work for you full time but you know my friend also doesn't have enough work for you full-time and this other person doesn't. But if we pull that together, that's a full-time job. And, you know, so then, you know, we'll, we'll hire you full-time and we'll subcontract you out to these other people. It's a, it's a great way to take a otherwise part-time person and provide for them the stability that they need, um, by, you know, having that kind of community. Um, and you know, this isn't a new concept either. Like, you know, the Jews do this all the time. Like, they are very communal. Mm. Um, and it benefits them a lot. Um, you know, it, they're not the only ones, but just... That's where the word comes from. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, and so that's a great one. Um, I think it's also... Um, it On the other side of it, also provides access um, to things that you wouldn't otherwise have. So, um, like, as an example, this hasn't come up yet, but it's something that I think could happen, um, where someone's like, it, you know, for me, my skills, you know, I'm, I'm a technical artist, like I excel in making shaders, but also just in general, like solving problems is a thing I'm really good at. 
of like, you know, how do we do this thing? And then coming up with a couple of different ways that we could do it. Um, and, you know, not everyone, n- not every team has the, the, the resources for someone with my skill set. Um, but if there, you know, comes an opportunity where it's like, you know, I, for a week, I'm just going to spend this week working on this other person's project, this other team, um, you know, and they, they don't have the resources to hire someone like me full time um, or, or whatever. But because they're a part of our community, um, you know, and it's like, oh, well, maybe I could use that. And I just rent me for a week and I go over and I look at their project and I was like, okay, well, if you guys did things this way or that way, um, that may kind of solve a problem that you guys are running into. Um, and, and they wouldn't even think to look for that kind of a resource before, but because they're a part of the community, they're exposed to it. Um, and you know, uh, yeah, rent a worker kind of a thing. Yeah. There's also something here too where you can <clears throat> sort of learn from each other. Like I know Chris has lent me out to a couple of different developers and I've been able to come back with like, wow, I saw there was this really interesting way that they went through their process. Maybe that could work for us. Like um, there's being exposed to to the way other people do their processes, I think, is one of the greatest ways to learn. Like, I'm not a coder, but I know that there are lots of different ways to code. And if you just stay in your little little bubble, you'll all kind of homogenize versus, you know, going and seeing how other people do it and kind of being like, oh, that's a really unique use of this, you know, uh, technology that like I knew existed, but I didn't know how to use it um, or apply it. So, business wise, the uh, we, we've said this a lot in in other contexts, but we talk about the redemptive frame and how the thing that most often brings any idea from being ethical to redemptive is sacrifice. Like nine times out of ten, that's the key that unlocks redemption. And in this case, I think with in games, there is a very high premium on talented people. Like mm-hmm. talented people are like you want to build a team that one is talented and skilled and that works well together. Like that's a that's a high value thing. And to think about, for example, sharing people, like for example, like lending, okay, Sammy, real world case. Like I know that Thomas is looking for some writers. You're a great writer. And the idea like, is there a way to share with Thomas where everyone wins? There probably is, but it probably means sacrifice. It mm-hmm. probably means sacrifice, frankly, from Soma's perspective. It's like, I could really use you on this, but let's make sure that we help Thomas too. You know, same thing happened with Shara and, and, and Anna. Like, here's some animation. Like, we can make this work. Um, but it's very countercultural mm-hmm. to a industry that your team is your secret sauce. Your team is the thing that makes you competitive, that makes you work. Like, that's really against the grain. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm trying to figure out exactly how that works. Um, when resources are scarce that's that feels scary right it, mm-hmm. it may be one thing we're like we're all rich and famous fine who cares but no one's there yet so now sort of hours matter focus matters mind share matters and everyone's mm-hmm. trying to survive it's tricky i mean if i'm honest yeah. like it's it's a cool idea that i really believe in but exactly how to make it work it's hard yeah i think the the truly redemptive thing here is at least the core kernel that I'm seeing is that it really is about caring for our people first and making sure they're taken care of. 
Um, and, you know, being like, okay, there's, you know, that's subcontracting them out, but all and setting them up for success. Um, I, don't know, I guess the, the focus there being like, I would, I'm going to go out above and beyond and out of my way to make sure you as a, as an individual aren't left out on the streets right. just because of the realities of this job. Um, yeah, all, they're just cool. All of that's so different than what we tend to see in the bigger companies, AAA side, uh, obviously film industry that they, they tend to use people up and spit them out and then off you go. <laughs> you, you're on your own. <laughs> go figure it out. So it's a very, uh, counter cultural type of, uh, uh, way to act as a group so honoring the people and trying to you know keep them going and helping them get to the excellence of training that they need um, as well as supporting the families and keeping them going in the industry that they're called to or wanting to be in there is this notion and so the the community version is uh, you know united we stand about it we fall kind of mm-hmm. like as a community and I I think the question is, can we apply that mentality to a, a community of companies, right? Mm-hmm. So, so the nature of companies tends to be competitive, right? So, like, if I if I have to compete with you and I survive, then that's just the way it goes, right? Survival, <laughs> that's kind of how it goes. But if we're not measuring our success at the company level, but rather at the community level, that would be – that would seems to be the vision we're trying to aim for. Um, and yet, I don't know that anyone's su- suggesting that individual companies sort of sacrifice themselves to death. Like, no one's indicating <laughs> that. Something you said today, Chris, outside of um, uh, podcasts, was that there is a high demand, but not, like, for developers and stuff, and not necessarily the same supply to meet the demand. So, in theory theory at least as of right now there should be more than enough than enough work to go around um and it's just a matter of having a few key players who are really good at finding that work being willing and able to be like okay i've i've found it but now i'm going to redirect it over here because like i've taken on the stuff on my plate and now my plate is full but i can still do the work to gain the interest and be like oh but by the way here's our friend company, like, they will suit your needs just fine. Like, getting, pl- um, I don't know, wingman in it for our, for our <laughs> friends. Yeah. Well, and that's interesting. So, uh, so say a call comes to me, um, hey, there's this gig coming up. Can you guys help us? We're at a point just, and this just happens to be this moment in time. This could change tomorrow. But we're at a time where kind of our workload's filled up. Um, and to take on another project, I would have to, hire or contract new people. Like that's just the only choice. Mm-hmm. But maybe I shouldn't be thinking that way. Maybe instead, because for me, I'm thinking if I can make a profit on that gig, that helps, you know, provide us some safety. Like there's a reason like I would want that markup, et cetera. But maybe there's a thing that says, however, there's other people out there who also need the gig. And rather than subcontracting or hiring, maybe just pass it along. Um, I can I can make like a business part of me just twitches thinking mm-hmm. about that. Um but maybe it actually be a good solve for lots of people. It sort of like probably reduces the cost for everybody um, and serves the same purpose of people staying employed. It's almost like a reverse. Well, maybe it's maybe not reverse, but like a temp agency where like, hey, we got all these jobs and or the jobs come and be like, hey, you have a pool of people like gimme. 
Right. And <laughs> so we can be that pool of people for when jobs come in or something. And if you treated it that way, that there's some sort of other, I don't want to say, I don't know the right word for it, agency, I guess, that's sort of above in that regard, That's that could be useful. I think that could be useful mm-hmm. and probably could be a profit source by itself. Could be. But again, going back to the redemptive frame being sacrificial, I think what you suggested about like, I don't need to, I think what you suggested about like just passing it off to them is the thing. And like, again, it's it a, a community and like really it allows us to be relational with our clients to build trust with them so that when they come up with us, come up to us and say, hey, here's a gig um, that I'd like to hire you to do. If we want to, we can say, I can't do that right now. Um, but I know someone who can, and because you trust me, I'd like you to trust me and trust them too. Right. right. Um, and, and that just feels very Christian, like how Christ would want us to operate is to be trustworthy, to be able to extend that trust to someone else, to build relationships and to be loving in such a way, to operate um, ourselves in excellence so that our word matters and we can speak on behalf of our community to those outside of the community. I think that's, that's a cool way to put it. Any other thought, Neil, I, I don't think you've said much, so I don't, I don't know if I'm cutting you off. You're around the corner. I can't hardly see you. <laughs> yeah, it's different over here. Also more tired today, so harder to think through the heavier topic. So uh, just good thoughts on the community side of this and how we can build the community strongly is the main thing that really stands out as we try to really in- be inclusive and not be exclusive is the biggest kind of takeaway for me. How do we build the whole community up and try to say yes and um, do it sacrificially is, is huge importance that feels right in line with what uh, kingdom mindedness would be. Well, with that, I think that's about all we have time for today. But we want to thank you all for tuning in, as always. And uh, just bid you a great, great weekend, great week, um, wherever and whatever time you might be in. And uh, just, yeah. Good, solid ending right there. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. All Bye. about those today. <laughs> Catch you next time. Thank you for joining us for today's conversation. You can find us online at somasoulworks.org and continue these conversations with our small group curriculum. We hope to see you next time and have a great day.